0: on chico sports fantasy family oh man what a an exciting podcast we have for you guys today man like i i just felt like so kev normally does his buy sell on wednesdays but he actually had some stuff to do and uh i decided that i wanted to do a podcast this today Uh, Kev will do his buy low tomorrow, and I will also do DFS tomorrow. So there'll be two podcasts coming out tomorrow, but this is a podcast that I wanted to talk about. Some guys and their potential for the rest of the season, you know, potential to really help you out. Guys that, you know, were not really drafted or maybe drafted super late, or maybe we told you to pick them up because they had good beginning of the year schedules, or, you know, whatever the case may be, maybe guys that you can stash hold on to for a little while and see how it all plays out and how these guys can help you win your fantasy championships this year because there's been a lot of especially in the quarterback position there's been a lot of guys that you know just looking at their numbers and just looking at their play on the field they've been actually much better than we you know all had anticipated you know uh So we're going to talk about some of those guys at each position and guys that I think you should definitely hold on to rest of season and can play. Some of these guys you can play on a weekly basis from here on out. You know, obviously matchups matter and things like that, but when it comes to certain guys, they're playing so well that at this point in the fantasy season, after watching three weeks of fantasy and kind of seeing how things break down, they just are playing well. And I want to have guys that are playing well. So obviously to start off, we're going to go with quarterbacks and to talk about some of the quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to give you your Tom Brady's and I'm not going to give you your Lamar Jackson's and Russell Wilson's. Those are all guys that were super high drafted. We're only talking about guys that were outside of the top 12 in 12 team leagues. Some of them were not drafted. Some of them were drafted. Maybe some of them were dropped, you know, and things like that, that I think you might want to reconsider on, on some of these guys. So the first quarterback we're going to talk about is Derek Carr, right? So, Derek Carr leads the league in passing right now at 1203. You know, the closest guy to him is Tom Brady at 1091. You know, so he basically has a little bit more than 200, I mean, 100 yards passing over Tom Brady. He's about 112 yards more than Tom Brady is right now, which is, you know, nobody expected that. The difference between the two guys is really the t- in the touchdown department. You know, in the touchdown department, Tom Brady has 10 passing touchdowns, and, you know, Derek Carr has only six. Uh, but both of them have two interceptions. Both of them have been playing extremely well. You know, Derek Carr is completing about a 64% clip, almost 65%. So he's, you know, he's completing passes. He's doing things that you want him to do, you know. And he's he's throwing a lot of passes. I mean, if you look at attempts, he's the second in the league in attempts. I mean, only two Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the only guy that has more passing attempts than Derek Carr right now. So just looking at the sheer numbers, you know, it just tells you that Derek Carr is a play every single week from here on out. Like, he is just, you know, we've seen him with two really, really tough matchups in week one and two. And last week wasn't a cakewalk, and he played well in every one of those games. You know, I think – I think going into last week, a lot of people said, you know, oh, well, you know, he played a really banged up Ravens team on, you know, Monday night in week one. And then in week two, he gets a Pittsburgh team that just doesn't hasn't looked like themselves. But on defense, they definitely have looked like themselves. They've played defense well. You know, you can't take anything away from the Pittsburgh Steelers on defense because they've been playing very well, uh, I would say, in my estimation, just watching the team play. So Derek Carr is definitely a guy that I like rest of the season. I I don't see too many more matchups that I'm going to be super scared because, like I said, in tough matchups, the Miami Dolphins was a tough matchup last week. And he didn't have the greatest game ever, but he still had a very good fantasy day. You know what I mean? He he is definitely a guy that I'm super interested in, and he's making all the throws. You know, two of those games go into overtime, and people want to bring that into it, but... You know, it is what it is. Like the guy is playing well enough to be playing on your fantasy team, and as long as he's scoring as many, you know, 25, basically points per game in fantasy football, you're gonna start that guy because that guy is a valuable piece. You know, you're not going to be worried about about starting him at all. And really, any matchup. You know what I mean? Watch his f- his film grade has been great, and I mean the guy has been playing. He's been playing insanely well. The next guy I want to hit on is Teddy Bridgewater. You know, Ted Bridge, Teddy Bridgewater has, he is the highest, he has the highest completion percentage of any quarterback in the NFL that has thrown at least 100 passes, right? Teddy Bridgewater, well, he's attempted 95 passes. So I'll say 95 or more passes, right? The, the dude is just, he's been unreal. He hasn't thrown an interception yet. You know, he has 827 yards, which isn't phenomenal, but it's still damn good. He has four touchdowns. I mean, you want to see more in the touchdown department, but hey, they're winning games, and I know their matchups have not been the toughest, but Teddy Bridgewater is playing well. You know, a more of a 2QB guy, just because, like I said, the numbers are not crazy good, but in a 2QB league, Teddy Bridgewater is doing it for you, and hey, Some people might say, oh, you got a really easy matchup the first couple of weeks and blah, 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 blah. But to me, that lowers his pass attempts. In games that they're going to be closer, he's going to be throwing more. and He's not giving the ball over to the other team. That is a huge deal. Eventually, he's going to throw an interception this year. We know that. He's not going to be, you know, no interceptions this year. But as well as he's been playing as well as the defense has been playing for this team they're going to be in some good games they have a really tough division that they're in you know with the chiefs and the chargers or you know two teams that are definitely putting up points on a regular basis and the raiders are also putting up points on a regular basis so he's got a tough division he's going to start throwing the ball well or you know start throwing the ball more in those tighter games and to tell you the truth Teddy Bridgewater in a two QB league, I would definitely be trading for, you know, you can get him thrown into a deal. Somebody who's trying to sell him high in the two QB league, he could be your number two quarterback for, you know, weeks to come with some of the matchups that he has and how much they're, you know, they're going to be throwing the ball in the near future. I mean, he's still throwing the ball at a pretty good clip, but you know, you could see some of those games him throwing the ball a little bit more when the games come to, you know, being a little bit closer. Uh, Kirk cousins, Kirk cousins, Kirk Cousins has finally hit the realm of starting fantasy quarterback every single week, in my opinion. You know, I know a lot of people do not like Kirk Cousins they for whatever reason, whatever your bias is for Kirk Cousins. But guess what? The dude is number eight in attempts. He's throwing at a 73.9% completion percentage. He has 918 yards. He has on-field weapons, which is a huge deal. The dude has eight touchdowns and no interceptions. Right? That's awesome. He is the only quarterback that has eight touchdowns and has not thrown a pick yet. Let me repeat that. Kirk Cousins is the only player in the NFL who has a has eight at least eight passing touchdowns and has not thrown a pick yet. Right? That's awesome. That is very good numbers. Like you would take that, that you would expect that from Aaron Rodgers. Like, this dude, and it's not just these first couple of games. This dates back all the way to, I want to say, week 10 of last week, He is ba- or of last year. He's basically been a top 12 quarterback since that time. And I want to say, if you look at his points per game, since week 10 or 11, I want to say it is, he's basically been quarterback like seven. That's awesome. The dude is playing as well as you can play the position, and he's playing against, you know, he doesn't have, the the let's say, the strongest division in football. I mean, this is not a division that you're scared of. You're not scared of the Lions. Are you scared of the Lions? You know what I mean, are you scared of the the Bears? I mean, I think the Bears' defense is good, but I'm not worried about the Bears shutting down Kirk Cousins. I'm not worried about the Packers shutting down Kirk Cousins. You know, I'm not scared of any of those three teams, and he plays them all twice. You know what I mean? Kirk Cousins has been very good and not a quarterback that you had to spend a lot on. And we've been telling you even before the preseason, you know, if you were, you know, one of those guys that needed a quarterback, because let's say you drafted, you know, you were one of the guys who waited a little too long and maybe you drafted Matt Ryan or you drafted Trevor Lawrence thinking he was going to be a top 12 guy, or, you know, you drafted, let's see, uh, you know, guys like that, that you didn't, you weren't sure if they were going to be very good Kirk Cousins could be your starter every single week, and you didn't pay anything for him, right? Maybe you drafted Ryan Tannehill, and he hasn't been giving you the numbers that you thought. I mean, Ryan Tannehill throwing, he's throwing three interceptions and four touchdowns, so that's not what you were expecting from Ryan Tannehill. So if you drafted a Ryan Tannehill and Kirk Cousins was on the waiver wire and you picked him up, or he is on the waiver wire and you pick him up, Guess what? He could be your number one quarterback for the rest of the season. Let's be honest, and you could play the matchups. See, yeah, I mean, when Kirk, when when you know Ryan Tannehill is is playing teams like the Jaguars, <laughs> you know what I mean? You can play him, and he's going to he's going to be good for you. So it's definitely a situation where you know you can kind of mix and match those two guys, and those two guys can lead you to a fantasy championship. That's that's without question. That can definitely happen. You know, Sam dartle is the next guy. Sam Darnold only has three passing touchdowns, but he's been running the ball and he has three rushing touchdowns as well. So the dude is is scoring touchdowns. He's only turned the ball over once. You know, he's had a couple of fumbles, but he they got them back. So he hasn't been, you know, that hasn't been killing him yet. He makes me a little nervous on the turnover side of things because his matchups haven't been crazy difficult and you know he makes you a little bit nervous. But Sam Darnold's a guy who can spot start. You know what I mean? You've been able to spot start him for the past couple of weeks, and he was very good for you last week. I want to say he was QB4 on the week. So Sam Darnold has been doing his thing. You know, there is, yeah, there is the contingent, and I'm going to talk about Jalen Hurts. There is a contingent of Philadelphia fans and fans in general that – think Jalen Hurts has been terrible and they are worried about, you know, how he he played last night against the, well, I guess two nights ago now, um, you know, versus the Dallas Cowboys. But let's be honest, guys, he got boat raced in that game. He threw a terrible interception in the beginning of the game. Um, you know, where he just underthrew Jalen Rager. should have been a touchdown. If he throws it five yards into the end zone, Jalen Rager runs that down and he scores a touchdown. Instead, he throws it three yards short of his receiver, you know, and the defender was just able to make a play on the ball. And then the Trayvon Diggs touchdown, you know, that is one of the worst throws you can make in football. Any coach will tell you, you know, late into the outside is, is just – a recipe for disaster and Trayvon Diggs is a very good corner. He has shown that over the past couple of weeks and he made a play on the ball and there, and there you go, pick six. But before that, the guy hadn't thrown an interception, right? He's been completing 66% of his passes. That's very good. That is very good. You know, I don't think he's as bad as some people are making him out to be. I think Monday night was a buzzsaw. He went into a game where the offensive philosophy was terrible. He threw two bad interceptions. The one interception didn't hurt him because they got the defensive touchdown on the very, I want to say the very next play after it, or maybe it was two plays after it. I'm pretty sure it was the very next play. They get the sack. You know, Hargraves gets back there, knocks it up in the air. Fletcher Cox brings it down, scores the touchdown. Um, But, you know, Kev made a good point to me over text message, and he said after that interception, he kind of just, had his head down. He was moping a little bit about the the interception, and maybe it affected the rest of his game. But regardless of that fact, he still finishes with 326 passing yards. He does throw two passing touchdowns in that game. He's got five on the year. Um, you know his completion percentage, like I said, is 66% against San Francisco. it Wasn't great. He didn't really throw that many passes though. He only threw 23. You know they they he completed 12 of them, so he was only 52%. But last night he threw 48 passes or 39 passes he had uh 25 completions on those on those 39 passes and like i said they got boat raced he threw the bad interception score they scored the touchdown you know zeke was going bananas last night the passing game was working they didn't score a whole lot of points in the passing game but you know dalton schultz gets those two touchdowns and the cowboys just kind of boat raced the eagles and the eagles are not a team that can the Eagles are not a team that are built to come back in games. There's certain teams that are built to come back in games, right? Like the Chargers have an offense that can come back in games, you know, when they're down. Uh, you know, the Minnesota Vikings have shown they're a team that can come back and, and you know, do some things to score points uh, to get them back into games. You know, the Rams have an offense that can get them back into games. The Chiefs have an offense that can get them back into games. You know, I would love to say the Green Bay Packers, but – the green bay packers i think aaron rodgers is still good enough to win them games but he is not shown this year you know especially that one game against the saints where he can just put the team on his back and carry them back from some 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 deficits um you know so there's certain teams that are built to do that and the eagles are obviously not built to do that so last night they get boat raced or you know monday night they get boat raced and it just looks bad But regardless of that fact, the dude is still putting up fantasy points and he's going to be great all season long. So don't worry about Jalen Hurts. Don't try to get rid of him, you know, for because you're nervous about the offense or or whatever. The dude is going to be a solid fantasy contributor. Now, if we're talking about regular football, that's a completely different story. You know, I think they're setting this kid up for failure. I don't think that they're, you know, they're not running the ball enough. Last night, you know, well, I keep saying last night, Monday night, they Ran the ball with Miles Sanders twice. He gets you 27 yards. He had a six-yard carry and he had a 21-yard carry. And that was it. Like, you can't put this kid in those kind of game scripts and expect him to carry the team like Lamar did the other day against the Chiefs. He is not Lamar Jackson. Like, could he become a Lamar Jackson light or a Lamar Jackson type player? Yeah, he can become that. But come on, like, this is his first year that he knows that he's the starter. He's running with the ones. You can't put them in those kind of situations, and the Eagles coaches should know that. They should know that they need to make this offense much more quarterback-friendly. I don't give a shit if you're losing by three touchdowns. Let's be honest. They knew they were not winning that game. They were not winning that game against the Cowboys. Cowboys were firing on all cylinders. They were doing what they needed to do to score touchdowns. And guess what? It was working. You were not going to win that game. But to put your quarterback in harm's way, they were they were they I mean they were just rushing the shit out of him with six and you know I mean, with six guys at a time, you know, on on a lot of the plays. He was getting pressures, he was getting hit, he was getting sacked. You know, you can't put him in those situations. You have to run the ball. You have to get him out of those situations and not put it on his shoulders to carry the load and let this kid develop. He is developing, he is not a finished product. He is what what most teams, you know, try to do is they try to ease their quarterbacks in. The Jets are, are another example of this. The Jets are not trying to ease this, you know, Zach Wilson in. They're throw this fucking guy in the fire and he's getting his ass romped. They're going to damage him. They're going to damage him for the rest of his career if they continue to do this. And I, you know, I, I am a believer in Robert Sala as a defensive coordinator. I don't know if I'm, a, if I'm sold on him as a, as a head coach, if he's going to allow his quarterback to take this kind of punishment. The dude's getting banged around. He's thrown seven interceptions. He has two touchdowns on the year, right? He has a 55% completion percentage. He's thrown the ball 105 times, right? Like, give this kid a fucking break. Like, let this kid breathe. He doesn't have time to breathe. He is the 15th quarterback in pass attempts on the season. He has been horrible. He has been very, very bad. And it's because they're putting him in situations that he should not be put in as a quarterback. Like, you cannot put these guys into these positions and expect them to produce. And you're not giving them help. They need help. You need to give these guys help. With that said, let's get into the running back position. Guys that are going to help you, you know, I'm not going to say win your league, but can help you down the road, can help you figure out, you know, what exactly you're doing with (laughs) with some of these running backs, right? So, if you look at running back grades, like you look at just guys that I believe have been extremely good and you know, just are not either getting a huge workload or whatever the case may be. Tony Pollard is the first one that pops up. I know a lot of people are trying to trade Tony Pollard, trying to, you know, get ad pieces. I'm not doing that. I'm going to hold on to Tony because Tony is being very utilized. You know what I mean? The The dude has been playing enough that, you know, he can produce for you on a consistent basis. He's the number he's the number 12 running back when it comes to total rushing yards. Right? Of those 12 guys, he's the only one averaging over 5 yards a carry. Right? You look at Derrick Henry. Been great. Derrick Henry over the past two games has been phenomenal. He's only averaging 4.4 yards per carry. The difference is he's starting to catch the ball, which is dangerous. That dude's going to catch the ball. Woof. But I don't want to go crazy on Derrick Henry because everybody has Derrick Henry. I want to talk about the lower on guys. Tony Pollard, a guy that if people are willing to throw him into a trade, do that. Do that. Because you can start him basically every week as a flex. He's getting enough work that some weeks he's going to kill you. But this, you can say the same thing about, uh, uh, about uh, Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt's killing you some weeks too, but guess what? There's going to be other weeks where he has phenomenal game, like last week, and he blows up and and wins you weeks. You know, those are flex plays. Those are guys that I want. Devin Singletary, another guy, right? Averaging over five yards a carry, 180 yards. He's only three yards behind Tony Pollard, and he has 35 carries. He has basically eight carries more than Tony had. And I know Zach Moss looked good, but guess what? Devin Singletary is going to be part of this offense all year long. They're, they're going to be a split backfield. They're going to 100% both be touching the ball. And if I'm being honest, Devin Singletary is a met much better run blocker or, uh, you know, pass blocker than, you know, Moss has been. If you look, you know, just just look at it. It's the truth. Yeah, I mean, he, he is a good, I don't want to say great, but he's a very, very good pass blocker. He's been doing the job very well. There was a couple of plays last week where, you know, Josh Allen goes back there to throw, and Devin Singletary stonewalls a linebacker who's blitzing or stonewalls a you know goes low on a lineman to slow him down to that he doesn't get to Josh. He's doing his job. Guys like that stay on the field. They don't take those guys off the field completely because they know how good of, you know, they are in the pass, you know, in the passing game. They're great. Devin Singletary is great in the passing game. He can catch the ball and he can block. He's been very good at it this year. You know what I mean? So 100%, that's a guy that I want to continue to to look at and and want to play. I'm going to I'm going to go with that. Uh <clears throat> looking at some other guys. You know, Tyson Williams. I know people are ready to jump ship on Tyson Williams after last week, but I'm not yeah, I mean, if you can buy Tyson Williams, I will because I I just think he's the most he's the best looking of the running backs on that field. Yeah, I mean, on a consistent basis, he's just the best looking guy. And I know he he messes up and I know he makes some 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 rookie mistakes, which guys are you know guys who have not played a lot of time in the NFL are going to make those mistakes. But he's averaging 4.1 yards per carry. He has one fumble on the season. Yes, I know, but he fumbled it for a touchdown to Devin Duvernay. Duvernay, you don't want to see that. But guess what? Tyson Williams looks like the best running back for this Baltimore Ravens team. And I want Baltimore Ravens running backs because we have seen them on a consistent basis produce in the NFL over the last couple of years for this Ravens team. So I'm cool with I'm cool with keeping Tyson Williams or trading for him if he's available in your leagues. Because guess what? He, he as much as people hate to admit it, he could be he could be good for you. Uh, Peyton Barber. Where the hell did that come from? Like, 100 yards and a touchdown? Did anybody think that, that Peyton Barber was going to go for that 100 yards and a touchdown? Because if you tell me that you did 100% believe that was going to happen, you're fucking lying. <laughs> There's no way you thought that. Um, I've had a bunch of questions about Peyton Barber. Oh, should, how much should I, should I be spending on Peyton Barber? I'm not spending more than 15% if you're desperate. Because we don't know when, you know, Jacobs is coming back. And when he does come back, Peyton Barber is not going to be a thing you know what i mean peyton Barber is not going to touch the field nearly as much as you need him to so if you need him for these coming weeks until until jacobs gets healthy because i do believe they're going to wait until he gets healthy to put him back in there they're not going to just throw him in there if he's you know 80 percent because of the way they have played and the way they have looked over the past couple of weeks they're winning games they're not worried about it you know i would do that <clears throat> next guy i want to talk about javante williams they're going to be Javante Williams owners that are ready to just throw in the towel because he has 12 carries last week. He only gets you 29 yards. He does score the touchdown, which, you know, we were all waiting for. We were hoping that would come soon. And it came, but it came on a 12 carry, 29 yard, you know, week. He caught three balls of the four targets that he had for 33 yards. You know, that was his most targets and most catches on the season. You know, he hasn't had more than one target basically in any other game. And he caught, both those, you know, both those targets. One target in week one catches it, negative four yards. You know, week two catches it. You know, he gets ten yards. And this past week, he was used a little bit more in the passing game. Four, four targets, three catches, thirty-three yards. You know, Javante Williams was a very good pass catcher in college. So I don't want you to be fooled and think that Javante Williams is just a power back. He looked very good in the passing game. Uh, you know, when it came to him running the ball. You know, when it came to him catching and and running after the catch, he's definitely a guy that can do that, and he's looked good doing it. So I'm not worried about, you know, Javante Williams. I think better days are to come. If you can get him into a trade, I would definitely do that. I know he's only averaging 3.5 yards a carry. I do think that number goes up. He's going to start, you know, breaking off some runs. I don't know if he goes for 80 yards and a touchdown on any given play, but he can break off 5, 6, 7, 8-yard runs all day long. And eventually those runs are going to start to pop. He's going to start to, you know, figure it out. And I want him on my team now before teams start to, you know, figure it out and say, oh, yeah, well, maybe he does have some breakout potential because he definitely does. He definitely, definitely has some breakout potential. And really, if you want to talk about it, he has had 42 run snaps. So snaps he has gotten on run plays. Uh, where they called a run play, he's at forty two of those, and thirty nine of them have been run attempts. So they called a run play. He was on the field. Boom, he got the carry. That's awesome. Like when he gets on the field and they are running the ball, they're giving the ball to him. So that is a great clip to be getting, especially at the running back position. You know, a lot of guys don't get that. You know, just just talking about like run plays and snaps. You know, Derek, that's Derrick Henry territory. Derrick Henry is getting 85 run play snaps. He's had 80 attempts in those run snaps. That's awesome. But then you talk about guys like Alvin Kamara, right? He's been in there on run plays, for 67 run plays. He's only gotten 52 of those carries, right? Ezekiel Elliott, he's been on there at 57% or 57, 57 snaps on run plays and has 44 attempts. Right, we're talking about the elite of the elite here. Saquon Barkley, 51 snaps at, at a running, you know. And when I'm talking about snap, like when I'm talking about running snaps, I'm talking about if the team calls a run play and there that player is on the field, how many times with that run play they're getting called to carry the ball. Saquon is 51 and carried the ball 39 times. Right. Najee Harris 48 run calls 40 snaps you know 40 attempts like he is getting elite elite you know type numbers when they're calling run plays when he's on the field guess what he's getting the rock that's awesome that's what you want the yards per carry will go up the touchdowns will go up right he's not a fumbler I know he had a fumble but he's not a fumbler I'm not worried about that at all you know, other guys that I, that I really think you need to get now, it's going to be hard to get DeAndre Swift, but get him. Get this dude. The, the DeAndre Swift is going to win fantasy championships for people. It is just going to happen. Like, I cannot reiterate to you how much I have – me and Kev have been talking about DeAndre Swift since the preseason – how good he's going to be, how good he has looked so far, you know, and all of that jazz, right? We've said this to you plenty of times. If you are in a PPR league, this dude is going to win you a chip. I'm telling you. The dude so far this year in week one, they were getting blown out by San Fran, had 11 targets, eight catches, 85 yards and a touchdown, right? Against Green Bay, they started getting blown out late, then he gets, you know, he got five carries or five catches, four, excuse me, five targets, four catches for 41 yards. Last week, seven targets, seven catches for 60 yards, right? And in all three of those games, 11, eight, and 14 carries. He has yet to reach the 50-yard mark. That will come, I promise you. As this offensive line gets some more cohesion, because this offensive line, I think, is going to be good very good as soon as they start to gel he's going to start throwing more touchdowns guys he has two on the year they're going to start coming get him now get him now before he's before he weigh out prices himself and people are going to see the seven catches seven you know seven seven targets seven receptions and 60 yards and still be like oh you know i can get a better piece if you could get this is a this is a trade that i would do and I actually have have tried this trade, and I'm still waiting on a yes or a no. But I have Ezekiel Elliott in the league. I offered Ezekiel Elliott for his DeAndre Swift and I believe Allen Robinson. I know a lot of people are way down on Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson I'm going to talk about in a second, but he, you know, it's coming. This dude is going to be good. I'm not worried about Allen Robinson. He's one of the best in the NFL, and last week was just a dumpster fire. Straight dumpster fire. They threw this kid to the wolves, and he did not handle it well. And Matt Nagy is just garbage. He is a terrible coach. But let me let me continue with the running backs. If you can get DeAndre Swift, do it now. Do it now, guys. Do it now. All right, Alexander Madison. I don't need to explain. If you guys. Don't have Alexander Madison, I mean, if you didn't handcuff him or you didn't pick him up for waiver wires this past week because you remember last year when he played the Falcons and had a terrible game and you didn't want to do it. If Dalvin Cook goes down for an extended period of time with an injury, which is not a stretch, I'm knocking on wood because I have Dalvin Cook in a couple of leagues, but it is not a stretch to think that this dude could go down for multiple weeks. Alexander Madison is a game-changer. You need that guy on your team. Zach Moss, his owner's percentage is starting to go up. I would also do that because I do think he is starting to get the carries that we want to see. He's starting to, you know, he's, he's not becoming the more snap guy or anything like that. But he's definitely getting the short yardage carries. He's definitely getting some some work and I think as the season progresses, he will continue to get more work, and he'll eventually overtake Devin Singletary as the touch guy. Not not as much in the passing game. I know this past week, you know, in the passing game, he was great. I think that was just a game script type of thing. I think it worked out with Washington where he was just wide open on a couple of plays, and they threw it to him. Boom. It is what it is. You know, but... That is definitely definitely a thing. Chuba Hubbard, I just want to hit on real quick because CMC seems like it's not as long-term injury as we thought. We thought maybe he would go on the short-term IR or maybe something like that, or maybe missed three or four games. Doesn't seem like it. They're talking about it being a very low-grade hamstring pull, and you know they want to wait until he's 100% healthy to get him back on the field, but that could be sooner rather than later. So Chuba Hubbard could help you in the next couple of weeks, but... Regardless of that fact, Chuber Hubbard needs to be owned. He needs to be 100% owned because guess what? Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey missed almost the entire season last year. He played three games. Who says he comes back and doesn't pull it again or doesn't twist an ankle or doesn't do something else that he misses some more time? Chuber Hubbard needs to be owned. You guys need to be out on there, you know, grabbing this dude up. Okay? Make sure you're doing that. Uh, Let's see here. Ty Johnson. Ty Johnson's another guy, right? Ty Johnson, for as bad as this Jets offense has been, I think they have to get to the running game. They just need to. That's all there is to it. They need to start running the ball, right? Because they are horrible. They need to try to play with their defense because their defense is actually not bad. And they need to try to take control of time of possession with running the ball, trying to trying to make some holes. And I know Makai Becton is out, and that's hurting them right now. He will be back with probably the next two, three weeks, you know, maybe four weeks. Regardless of that fact, when he comes back, they should have a better running game. And down the stretch last year, we saw the same thing from the Jets. They couldn't run the, the ball almost at all in the beginning of the season. Down the stretch, they started running the ball a lot, and it started working. And I think Robert Siler is smart enough to realize, hey – we need to help out our rookie quarterback. He is put in. we've been putting him in terrible, terrible situations and he's not handling it well. That's all there is to it. He's not handling it well. How do you help that? You start running the fucking ball. That's how you help that. Okay? So, it is what it is. All right. So, JJ Taylor. JJ Taylor is a guy I think that people need to own. I know a lot of people. Uh, you know saw that he didn't touch the ball that much last week but with James White being out I think the biggest benefit benefactor is going to be J.J. Taylor you know he has shown that he can catch the ball he has shown that he can run the ball I mean he's been he's looked pretty good you know in the preseason and I think I you know they didn't put him on the practice squad because they were scared the teams were going to try to come after him and get him they kept him on the active roster 53 the active 53 so to me J.J. Taylor is a guy that Bel Belichick likes, and he could start seeing more in that passing role now that James White is hurt, and we don't know how long that injury is going to be. You know, we're hearing that it's uh, you know same thing that Ryan Fitzpatrick has, and I'm not going to pronounce it again. I tried to pronounce it yesterday. I don't know how well I did, but I'm going to leave it alone. He's got a hip injury, and uh, we don't know what the long-term effect of that you know of that injury is going to be. So it better to have the pieces now than later. Right? He has a big game next next week or the week after. And people are going to be like, oh, shit, you know, I need to get J.J. Taylor. And now you're battling for people. You know what I mean? Where right now you could probably get him for a couple of bucks. Throw a couple of bucks at him. Get him on your team. If he starts panning out, hey, he could be good rest of season if James White's injury is bad enough. And we're going to have to see. You're going to have to listen in and listen to see what's going on with that. But I like what I, what I saw from J.J. in the beginning of the preseason. And if he carries that over into the regular season, that could be that could be a very good situation. All right, so let's talk about the pass catchers. We're not going to go really into tight ends specifically. We will talk about them in here. Okay? All right, so some of the pass catchers that have been very surprising that I am trying to trade for or I'm trying to have on my team, Christian Turk- Kirk is the first one I want to talk about. Christian Kirk has been phenomenal this year. He, I have for years pounded the table for Christian Kirk because I love this kid. I love the way he runs routes. I love the way he gets open. I love the way he tries to fight for every yard after he catches the ball. I love Christian Kirk. I think he's a very good route runner, a very underrated route runner. And now that he's playing predominantly in the slot, he looks like Kyler Murray's go-to guy in a lot of these questionable, you know, areas of the field when you know when he's running around making moves he looks like he's looking for Christian Kirk and I love that I love that right yards per reception he's 15.9 yards per reception he has two touchdowns on the year he had the first two touchdowns in the beginning of the season he hasn't had touchdowns since but he's still 17 targets 15 catches gotta love that that's 82 88.2 percent completion you know catch percentage that's awesome he has 239 yards The dude is, you got to be excited about that, right? It's, it's, it's very exciting. Another guy, Quez Watkins. I don't think a lot of people really realize this about Quez. He has seven targets and seven receptions this year. Let me repeat that. He has seven targets and seven receptions this year. That's awesome, right? That's awesome by any standard. I think Krez Watkins could start being utilized more. If you watched yesterday, a lot of the time he's being targeted downfield. The dude is at, he's a 26.6 yard per catch percentage or, or, you know, 26.6 yards per reception. That's awesome. All right. He's using out being used down the field a lot, but you saw yesterday, he caught catches a little out route, right? The team looks like they want to start getting him involved. If Quez Watkins starts getting up to five to to six, seven targets a game, he could be very, very good. And not a lot of people are talking about him. He's on waiver wires. People aren't even worried about this dude at all. So I I would definitely keep him on my radar. I told you guys before, Hunter Renfro, right? 21 targets, 16 catches, 204 yards. He catches that touchdown last week. This is a guy who's being used on a team that is throwing the ball a shit ton. Right? I already told you, Derek Carr has the second most pass attempts in the league so far this year. I want guys on offenses that are throwing a lot. And this is a guy on an offense that's throwing a lot. Right? Another guy. A lot of fantasy analysts are telling you to sell high. Sell high. Sell high on Brandon Cooks. Sell all the Brandon Cooks you can. Get what you can for him before he starts playing bad. That's what I keep hearing. That's not what I keep seeing. I keep seeing a Brandon Cooks that is being heavily targeted by every quarterback that he's played with so far this year. And he's producing. He only has one touchdown on the year. That's going to go up. He probably finishes with eight on the season if he continues to get the targets that he's seeing. The dude has 31 targets. Right? 31. Do you know where that ranks in the league? Four. Tied with DJ Moore and Mike Williams. They are the only guys. Right? There's only... Devonte Adams has 34, 34 targets. Keenan Allen has 32. Cooper Cup has 32. Mike Williams, DJ Moore, and Brandon Cooks all have 31. That is awesome. He's ahead of guys like Debo and, and Stefan Diggs, Justin Jefferson, right? Calvin Ridley, Cole Beasley, Jacoby Myers, Chase Claypool, CeeDee Lamb, Marvin Jones, Tyreek Hill, all these guys have been very good this year. Well, Chase Claypool minus Chase Claypool and minus Jacoby Myers because, you know, they just aren't putting up the points that these other guys are putting up. But guess what? This dude is playing awesome. I want all the Brandon Cooks I can get. So if you can get him thrown into a trade, you know, lowball a guy and say, hey, I'll give you my number two running back. Let's say you have three really strong running backs. And you're willing to give one of them up because you need wide receiver help. Brandon Cooks is the guy that I'm looking for. Give me Brandon Cooks and, you know, your number three running back, and I'll give you my number two. I would do that all day long. So look to do those types of trades because I'm telling you, they're going to help you out in the long run. They can only help you out in the long run. Uh, Terry McLaurin is a guy I'm buying. Go buy Terry McLaurin, right? Terry McLaurin this season has not been, he had that one game that everybody remembers. He's been great. He was great in that one game. Everybody was like, oh man, he had 11 catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown. He was awesome. And then doesn't do much last week. Didn't do much in week one. Guess what? I'm still buying Terry McLaurin Because I think Terry McLaurin is one of the best wide receivers in football. Right? And you can get him in a low ball deal. I want guys in low ball deals. Right? Tim Patrick is another guy. That, you know, especially now with with K.J. Hamler Hamler going down, Tim Patrick's going to see a lot of targets, right? He's going to see a lot of targets for the next couple weeks until they get Jerry Judy back. I want guys getting targets in teams that I think are going to have to start throwing the ball a little bit more, and Denver is going to have to start throwing the ball a little bit more. That's all there is to it, right? We want guys in those types of situations, guys. That's what we want, right? Antonio Brown's another guy. Right. Antonio Brown has a huge week. One doesn't do really anything in week two. And then he sits out last week. People are going to be ready to sell on him. Go get him. All right. I would definitely do that. I would definitely try to go get, you know, a B in a trade, you know, two for one, get a B and somebody else for your wide receiver two or, you know, whatever it is that you want to give up. Whatever you're strong in and you think you can upgrade a position, do it. And get guys like Antonio Brown. You know, get guys like, excuse me, Brandon Cooks. You know, guys like that. Sterling Shepard, uh, you know, goes out with a hamstring this week. Hey, Sterling Shepard's getting a crazy amount of targets. When that dude comes back, I want him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I'm just telling you the guys that I think can help you long term. These guys are, are, you know, guys that you're not going to have to pay a lot for and can help you long term rondell moore Rondell moore had a terrible week last week people are going to know that people are going to be like fuck Rondell moore he fucked me i put him in my starting lineup and he kills me i can't trust the kid but before last week he was showing that he could be trusted you know what i mean he's getting five six seven eight targets a game and he's producing with those targets last week doesn't do much right you want guys on those down weeks guys that you can pick up I mean, and Kev's going to do buy low, sell high, and and all that stuff tomorrow. So I'm not really going over the high buy, buy, buy low, you know, buy low, sell high guys, but I'm going over guys that I think long term throughout the season are going to help you, right? That are going to produce for you at a good clip. You don't have to worry about them, and I think they can help your fantasy team and you can win, right? We can get into the, the guys that are you're are starting to worry about, you know, we're starting to worry about, I'll probably be going to do that when I talk DFS, you know, guys like Robert Woods, right? Guys like Jalen Waddell, guys like, you know, guys like that, that people are starting to worry about. start people are starting to freak out on and, you know, I'm going to you guys, talk to you guys about those guys, but we'll do that on Thursday's podcast. Okay. So let's continue with the, Let's continue with the uh, tight end position because I do think the tight end position gets a, eh, let's say, a bad rap because I think people expect way too much from the tight end position. People want tight ends to score what Kelsey does every week, right? There's only one Kelsey, guys. There's only one. (laughs) There's not – There's not, if there was four Travis Kelsey's, right. Then we would be like, Oh man, Travis Kelsey. Great. He's, he's great. Like all these guys are getting Travis Kelsey type numbers. Let's do it. Let's, let's get all these guys. Right. And that's just not the case guys. Right. It's not the case. So what are we looking at? What are we looking for when we look for tight ends? Right. We're looking for targets. That's what we are looking for. Right. Because you can't you can't look at a guy and say, oh, his offense is this. And I think he's going to do that. And blah, 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 blah. You can't do that. You have to just look at the raw targets, the number of snaps the guy is running. Right. How many times the guy is on the field, how many times he's going out for passes, you know, and things like that. That's what you have to look for. Right. You have to look for those types of things, because those are things that are going to help you figure out what tight ends are going to be good and what tight ends you don't want. You don't want a tight end getting four four targets one week and getting you one the next, right? You kind of want to have a little bit, just a little bit of consistency when it comes to that, right? So let's talk about those guys. Tyler Conklin, right? Tyler Conklin has run 103 pass plays, right? 103. That is very good. He has 16 targets on those 103 pass plays. He has 13 receptions, right? He has 126 yards and a touchdown. I want that guy because he's getting targeted. I want targets, guys. Right? Janu Smith, 16 targets, 10, ta- 10 receptions, t- 74 yards. I know it hasn't gone good yet, but guess what? If you look at Hunter Henry, Hunter Henry with the same 13-10, 109 yards he's been better but john who's getting more targets so far maybe that switches you know what i mean maybe that switches if you're hurting it tight end hunter henry's available in a lot of leagues maybe go pick up hunter henry if you still believe in john even after that ridiculous fumble that he had the other day into the you know into the defender's hands runs it back for a touchdown you know malcolm jenkins can still run <laughs> we saw that right but the targets are basically they're super close between these two guys right figure out which guy you like better and what guy you can live with and pick them up if you're hurting at tight end right jared cook again 16 targets 10 10 receptions he's run 109 routes right that's good that's very good with janu this is the one thing that i will say about janu and hunter henry and then i'll get off those guys Hunter Henry has been on 103 pass, passing plays, right? Chanu Smith, this might be the dis- distinguishing factor for you guys, has only been out on 59, right? 50, he's run a route around on 59 pass plays, as where Hunter Henry has ran a route on 103. Hey, to me it sounds like Hunter Henry is the guy we probably want in that backfield, right? Another guy. He's been out on 100, you know, 100 pass plays. Dawson Knox, 107 yards. He has two touchdowns on the season. Another guy you can look at, right? Tyler Higbee, a lot of people have him, right? And people just assume Tyler Higbee is much better than Dawson Knox, right? Because you hear Tyler Higbee, you hear the name. 91 pass plays he's been out on runs. You know, he's ran a route on. On ninety-one pass plays, he's has twelve targets, eleven receptions, one hundred and fourteen yards, and one touchdown. He's basically giving you what that what Dawson Knox is giving you. And Dawson Knox is free. You can go out there and wait until waiver wires process and go pick him up, and he, you can get him. Right? That's good. That's what I want. Right? I'm not gonna go crazy on the other guys. There's only two more guys that I really want to talk about. That's Cole Commit. 93 pass plays he's been out on there been out he's ran a route and he's caught 10 ball he's had 10 targets seven receptions 53 yards right and he had that basically before last week last week we saw that team had 60 total yards 60 that's horrible that is fucking terrible you can't rely on that but this offense will get better and Cole Komet is running way more routes Way more routes than Jimmy Graham. It's not close. Right? Jimmy Graham has been on the field for 23 pass plays. He has two targets, one reception. And that's it. He is not involved at all. Right? So we don't want that. We want involvement in the passing game. Right? That's what we're looking for. So if you're not getting that, then you can't play those guys. So look for those guys that I just talked about. You know, I know David Njoku was a was a hot name because he had that one game. He's only run 58 pass routes, right? I've been telling you guys forever about Gerald Everett since the beginning of the preseason. Eight targets, eight receptions on 83 pass plays ran. He's been at run out of route on 83 pass plays. 77 yards and a touchdown. Eight for eight. Right? They're building a rapport. They're starting to build a rapport. It's starting to work out. That's what you want. Robert Tunyon, another guy, 75 pass plays. Been in there on 75 pass plays. Ran routes on 75. Eight targets, six catches, 66 yards and a touchdown. He had that very nice week too. All right? I can see that coming along, him starting to build with that, right? These are all guys you're paying nothing for right You're not paying anything for these guys. So look at these guys. whatever you got whatever guy you think, you know is could be a guy that you hold on your team and could end up being a top 12 tight end. All these guys have that possibility. you know why? Because they are running routes. They're running the routes. Dalton Schultz, right? Dalton Schultz has been out on 88 pass plays run. Blake Jarwin has been out on 80, right? You look at Dalton Schultz's numbers, 15 targets, 14 receptions, 143 yards, and two touchdowns. He had the two touchdowns this weekend. He had 80 yards in this game, or 80 or 90, something like that. So that was a big part of that production. You look at Blake Jarwin, nine targets, eight receptions, 71 yards, no touchdowns. right, I'm going to put my money on Dalton Schultz, and maybe that was just a one-week sample size. But guess what? on the year he has more targets, more catches, more yards, more touchdowns. <laughs> so so it doesn't fantasy football doesn't have to be that hard. It does not have to be that hard. Just go with what you're thinking, right? In the top end, and I know I know this sounds crazy. There has been five. Five only five players at the tight end position to have more than 21 targets on the year. Mike Gusecki, Rob Gronkowski, TJ Hawkinson, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller. And this is the last guy I'm going to talk about, Travis Kelsey. I mean, uh, you know, Mike Gusecki. I know Mike Gusecki has had a shitty beginning of the season, but he's ran 104 pass routes, right? He has 21 targets, 13 receptions, 127 yards. I still expect Mike Gusecki to be a thing. I know week one was horrible, terrible but he's better than made up for in the past two weeks with his routes and with his targets and with his receptions, he's going to end up scoring soon. It's going to happen, right? So a lot of people dropped Mike Gusecki after week one. A lot of people didn't pick him up. He might be a guy you want to pick up because guess what? He's running the routes. He's getting the targets, right? He's not doing much with them just yet, but we're hoping that that turns around. And if it does, you have a top 12 guy with the amount of, you know, routes he's running. You need guys running routes, getting targets. It's, it's as simple as that. I can't make it any more simple than that, guys. So, for us here at Cheat Code Sports, we love you guys. We have a passion for this. We just love everything about fantasy football. If you guys want us to break down any specific players, want me to watch film on them, want me to talk about them, the best way to get me to do that is to go to Twitter, Right? Go to Twitter, cheat code sports fan at cheat sports fantasy. Or I think it's just cheat code sports. Yes. At cheat code sports. Type, say hey. Tag me at me at it. At Cheat Code Sports. Boom. Put it in there. Say hey. I want you to watch film on this guy. I want you to watch film on that guy. I want you to watch film on this guy. I want you to break down this. I want you to give me a DFS lineup. I want you to, you know, talk about buy low, sell high. I want you to hit me up on with what my waiver wire questions. I want you to hit me with start switch questions. I want you to tell me whatever you guys want. I am an open book to you guys. If you guys listen to this podcast, you know, I know what the fuck I'm talking about. I call players that most people do not call. Right. I called the Kyle Edwards Hilaire last week game. He was going to bounce back and have a good game. Squeaky wheel, you know, gets the grease. I told you guys this. I've told you guys this a hundred times. I am good at this. <laughs> I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I have a podcast for a reason because I know what I'm talking about. And I have plenty of people that know I know what I'm talking about and ask me for advice all the time. So I decided to make a podcast a couple years ago. That's really what happened. I one day was sitting there and I was going, you know what? On Sundays, I would get anywhere from 30 to 40 questions before kickoff Every Sunday. And my wife said it to me one day. She says, hey, babe, you get asked so many questions. You should just do a podcast or something. That way people don't have to ask you so many questions. They can listen to your podcast and think listen to what you had to say. And she was right. I was like, damn, you know what? That's a good fucking idea. So I hit Kev up because I knew Kev knew what the hell he was talking about. And I said, hey, Kev, you know what? How would you feel about doing a po- fantasy podcast with me? And he was like, hell, yeah. And we've been doing it ever since, guys. I've only gotten better at this. You know, I am not the greatest fantasy analyst in the world. But guess what? I think I am a very, very good one. And what makes me even better is I want to be the number one fantasy analyst in fantasy football. That is my goal. Like, I work my ass off to become that. Because that's what I want. Like, I am the most competitive maniac you've ever met. I... Love being right. I love doing the research that I can be right. I love everything about fantasy football. And the reason I do it, guys, is because I want to win you fantasy championships. And I want to get better as a fantasy analyst. So in any way that I can do that with any of your questions or anything that I can do to help you guys out in fantasy football, hit me up and I will do it. All right, guys. Like I said, I love you guys. I love the Chico Sports family. You guys are a tight-knit group all of you guys that listen on a regular basis that hit me up with questions and hit me up with everything. I love you guys. You have a special place in my heart and I just want you guys to know I am only getting better at this and we are only getting better at this and we will, we will win you a fantasy football championship. If you listen to us and you take our advice, right? I'm not telling you to take all of our advice because that would be dumb, (laughs) but I have an educated opinion, a very educated opinion, and I want you guys to win your fantasy leagues. So I want to help you the best I can. I love you guys. Peace out.